It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that has a host daughter appearing on interviews with Orioles players at 8.15 in the morning. We're back for another week of Baltimore to Maryland sports talk. We have a great interview with Trey Mancini coming up. Can't thank Trey enough for his time. We'll get to that here in the middle of the show. But first, got to start with the most pressing and recent story. I think in Baltimore sports right now, and that is the Maryland Terrapins winners of one NCAA tournament game against UConn, obviously take an L to Alabama last night, a mixed bag in the NCAA tournament, a great performance against UConn, and then just got shot off the floor last night against Alabama. I will give the floor to whoever wants it to talk about uh, the finality of a Maryland Terrapin season uh, that saw the Terps rebound from a one and five start four and nine starts in the big 10 rally to get the NCAA tournament. There were ups, there were downs, highs, lows, everything in between, however you want to say it. Great individual performances, some lacking. Whoever would like to take it can take it. We've reached the annual right that we kind of missed out on last year. That is when Maryland gets knocked out, wherever they might be, where everybody, it seems like everybody, there's some you know, people on the other side of the table, I suppose, but people looking for Mark Turgeon's head and we're at a bit of a crossroads here as a program because he has two two more years left on his his contract and when you reach this crossroads you generally have to either commit to a guy and extend him for for recruiting purposes or you need to make a decision to cut bait go a different direction or I mean the option number three I suppose is to just play it out which is maybe what might happen. Who knows what's going to happen, but I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know, like uh, there's a lot to be said about the way Mark Turgeon coached this team this year. It's his best coaching job, I believe, in his Maryland tenure. I mean, he took a team, a roster, which we'll get, a, we'll get to the roster shortly, a roster that really had nothing going for it. I mean, they had a couple talented players. Um, Daryl Morcel, unbelievable defender, four-year player, um, played the game so hard, unbelievable leader. That guy deserves all the credit in the world. Um, led them to the tournament when, honestly, that team had no business being in the tournament from a talent perspective and from a depth perceptive, or per, um, perspective. And the fact that they accomplished that and beat a UConn team you know, in the tournament, it, it deserves to be commended. Now, having said that, you can also say, hey, that was a good season. Pat the guy in the back and also see the big picture and know that Mark Turgeon and this Maryland program are in two different places in terms of where we want this program to go. Well, at least for me personally. I care about Maryland basketball maybe as much as any, any team that I, I follow. I had season tickets for a number of years. I was a student at Maryland you know, was camping out for Duke games, that whole thing, spent a lot of time and energy into the Maryland basketball program. I have higher expectations than one sweet 16 in 10 years. And I'm just running kind of through the punch list here as I'm talking of all the reasons that so many people are arguing on the internet today. And really the moment for me, and I think the moment for a lot of people when everyone was hashtag done with Mark Turgeon is losing in DC to Northwest and the big 10 tournament 
And I think that was a point of no return for, for a lot of the fan base. And it's just brought on a lot of apathy and just negative attitudes. And I just don't think it's in a place where he can really turn it around with the pieces at hand and with the way he's positioned this roster in the near and long term. So it's, I mean, I'm going on and on here, um, but uh, I would like to see a change. I think most people would. So um, that kind of leaves us where we are with the Merrill basketball program. I mean, I, yeah, you, you nailed it. It's the, you know, when, when we were growing up, it was Gary Williams woke up, you know, guess last week, not a big deal. Um, woke up and <laughs> fell into sweet 16s. It felt like, and, and we did that. We had the two great runs back, you know, back-to-back final fours, one championship um, arguably could have been two back-to-back championship game appearances probably should have been. Um, and I mean, Turgeon just, I don't know if he's peaked. I don't know if he's plateaued. Um, it's just, it doesn't seem like the players ever really get better underneath of him. And, and I know there's just a lot it, this could be like a 14 hour long podcast. If we're being honest, just going on and on yeah. and on. I was like um, just steamed all day, all night, just thinking about, and I, the thing about it is the way that he's run the program led me to a point where like coming into this, this year, I was like this team, like I can't put a ton of energy into this team. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of dragged me back in. And like, I just got to a point where we're up 11 to five at the, the, you know, the first commercial timeout of last night's game. And I had hope for the first time, I think all season that like, Holy hell, like this, but this, we might do something here. And as soon as that, that, that little run there where he, you know, put the three guys in off the bench and things went sideways, like it was gone like that. And I was just got me back to a place where I was just angry, angry at not for losing that game, but angry for the last four or five years since things went downhill after that, highly touted team came up way short of the expectations. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something that I guess we all have to kind of take a step back and look like no one is angry that a 10 seed lost to a two seed in March. Mm-mm. Like, I think if you if going into this year, if someone would have said, Hey, the Terps are going to be a 10 seed, they're going to lose Alabama as a two seed in, in March. You would take that a hundred times out of a hundred. It's it's people aren't mad with that. Um, because like you said, I think they were picked what 10th to, to finish 10th in the big 10. Like they weren't supposed to be there. Um, Turge coaches asked off the players played their ass off. Morcel has every injury in the book. What did it, what did they say today? Torn labrum, fractured labrum, fractured labrum. Like, I mean, you got guys who don't want to play after, you know, rolling an ankle and he's going out there every night um, with a fractured labrum. He, what he broke his face or he banged his face and all that stuff. He had surgery, I think too, didn't he? Like, I mean, that, you know, so cre- all, all the credit goes to him, Andrew Wiggins, all those guys. Um, and Andrew Wiggins. Aaron, Aaron Wiggins, come on. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, but, I mean, it was – again, I, I went into the season, like like you said, Banks, with like I'm not going to get worked up because they're not going to be that good. They're not going to – they're just – I don't think they had a run in them, and they did. They had a run that in that second half of the season that where they played really, really well. Um, they shut up a lot of people, and, and I mean, they won some games – was it the game they won at I uh, at um Illinois was that may have been the best win in college basketball this year like that that was a hell of a win that probably ultimately propelled them into the tournament it really boosted their resume um and like we've talked about on on camera off camera it's it's going to be interesting to see where this thing goes um because again it's if you do fire Turgeon who do you get and you know 
where, where do you go from there? And that's, that's obviously the, the big, uh, that's the answer you got to figure out. And, and, you know, it's, I get like, like we talked about, it seems like you're kind of running out of time to make that decision. You got to make a snap decision. You got to make a decision quick. You can't let this linger on. Yeah. And my gut feeling is that he's going to be given a short extension with like a low buyout just to kind of buy some more time because the options aren't really there in terms of timing, in terms of funding is probably the most important factor. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I think, what when I woke up today, just knowing that that was the likely reality, I think that's what frustrates me the most is that I don't feel like this team is getting any closer to getting back to what I picture, what I believe that they should be. Because this is, it's been, it's talked about all the time in both basketball and football. The DC area is flush with talent, an absurd mm-hmm. amount of talent. And I know that recruiting is more national than ever. I know that DeMatha is like a powerhouse program, but is associated with Nike right down the street, but they're still right down the street. We got to crack an egg there at some point. I mean, Travis Garrison was their last recruit there in 2002. So we're on, we're going on 20 years, not getting a recruit that is two miles from campus. If that, I mean, I've walked past DeMatha high school from campus when I was a student, it's that close. And to not get any players from that school there. It's ridiculous. So that's just like one example, but there's a lot of good schools and programs in the area. And, and Turgeon to his credit has recruited the Baltimore area very well, especially in recent years, but we got to be shooting higher for what the results have been. So it just, it, I don't get the feeling that we're getting any closer and that just tends to bring apathy. And I feel like that's the, the current, nature the current fan base position right now is just apathy and that's worse than hating the coach they're like we're just tired of it and so something's got to give and i don't feel like it's got it's going to give and that is why i am discouraged i guess i'm frustrated yeah i would put a bow on on maryland here by mentioning a couple of guys that i think deserve some from a player perspective you guys touched on more so um Class as can be an incredible competitor, a guy obviously from the city that this podcast talks about. I think people from Baltimore and in and around the area should be really proud of a guy went to Mount St. Joe, stayed home, and kind of really put all the blood, sweat, and tears he could into a Maryland uniform. I mean, that's what you want from a local guy, and it makes that connection. And you know, I see it in the social media. The responses to him are incredible for a guy that you know is decently limited offensively, although scored a thousand points in his career, and you know, is a great defender. Um, Aaron Wiggins really left it on the floor last night with 27 points, career career high in the second round of inside the tournament game. Um, he 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 was awesome down the stretch, um, as was Eric Ayala, and I think those guys competed really hard um, throughout the throughout the year and throughout um, when really it could have gone south at a numerous amount of points. I mean, you're one and five in the Big Ten, you're four and nine, you know, and and they they coached and played their asses off, which was was awesome to see. And I think from an individual vacuum of a team perspective limiting all the other conjecture you can't you can be proud of them as a maryland fan for how they represented the jersey which i think is which i think is a, a point worth making about those specific guys i think that's a great point and i i tried to open with that and i of course got carried away on my my thing there but it's absolutely correct like i don't know if i've 
seen a team that I'm more proud of from a, like a pound for pound perspective and who played harder the way they defended all season and really like there wasn't anything they could do in that Alabama game. There really wasn't. If they, if they try to approach the shooters any more aggressively, they have nobody in the paint to answer for any drives that they would answer to. It was just, uh, they just shot, shot the ever living hell out of the ball. And, um, but it doesn't take anything away from the fact that they accomplished a lot this year. And I do, I truly do commend Turgeon and his efforts this year to, to make something out of pretty much nothing but um, that doesn't change the trajectory of the program, in my opinion. And Taylor, to, to kind of, I guess, wrap, not wrap it up, but you, I mean, you said it perfectly with Morsell and Baltimore and all that. And like, you hear it all the time. Like he's a guy that means more to the Terps than he would have meant to any other team. If he would have gone and yeah. played for yeah. Rutgers or St. Uh, St. Joe, Penn State, something like that. Like, yeah, he would have been a, you know, he would, I'm sure he would have been a great player there, but it's like the hometown. He just, it means so much more that he was able to do it here. He could drive home into the city and see him on that billboard last year. I think it was, you know, mm-hmm. driving into his home city. Um, so I, I thought that was awesome. And like you said, I, I mean, I don't remember seeing a negative thing said on social media and social media is a terribly toxic place and people were praised the hell out of him on there. And it's like, that's obviously, that's not the end all be all, but you can get a good barometer of what people think by looking at mentions of people of, graphics and videos and all that nope the back do we lose him that was like a hard cut off he just kind of hard there huh do we just want yeah do just i don't know keep... well we're gonna keep going taylor i mean i don't know what's up with him he's frozen he's frozen he was in the so middle he, of a good point he was making was a great it? point about the, the daryl more yeah. where did you cut off there oh we can't even hear him this oh. is a show now this is um, an absolute show <laughs> are you back yay. yay nay you're back now okay Welcome tell me back. Where, where did you stop hearing me you're making a great point about how much more sell meant to maryland it was it was really coming it in. was actually a beautiful i mean it was a very well well said stance yeah it's just that he he definitely means more to the terps than he does and than, than any other place he would have gone and did you did you hear the billboard part or should I say that again? Yes, billboard part was the billboard. Okay. Billboard. <laughs> yeah. um, no, and then and then just saying like how how it could have gone very south very quick at one and four four and nine a pandemic year no one in the stands kids kids in college going you know this is bullshit I don't need this I will skip the, we'll skip this lat or this rep and go back to uh go back to the dorm and play video games or something like that and they didn't they busted their ass they they made a nice run and. Again, I mean, they made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, which a lot of teams will never, a lot of players will never sniff that. The other last point to make, and then we'll move on here. Uh, this was a incredibly unique sports year for everyone that on a pro team, on a college team, whatever. Maryland basketball team played all of their games, didn't have a, a COVID pause, which I'm not like, if you have a COVID pause in the team, that's not your fault. Like it, you know, it just happens. Maybe there was breaking or whatever, but to do that, to have the discipline to get through the entire year. I'm now happy that those guys can go like see their families and their friends and stop having to sacrifice what they willingly sacrifice and did to play. But while it's obviously bittersweet to have them lose, you know, those guys can go back to living it a little bit more normally, like the rest of us are getting back to. Um, and I'm sure that bubble scenario, while, you know, they're in nice hotels and things like that. Like it's hard. I mean, that's, that was a hard thing for those guys to do. You had to, 
cut off people in your life. Probably you couldn't go to things. You had to miss things, not have your parents in the stands. You know, it's, it's, you know, maybe easier when you're 27 getting paid millions of dollars when you're in college and there's so much to the college experience as the three of us knows, you know, that went through it. That's so much fun. And that's really been taken away for all students, much less student athletes. But um, I hope that comes back for all the kids at, at Maryland, because it's just to, to be around the school when, you know, we've lost so many things in the pandemic that are bigger and whatever, but um, the watching a, the campus sort of lose that energy specifically with sports as well. Um, I can't wait for that to come back. And I applaud those guys for the sacrifices they made. Um, and Maryland women's teams continues on in March Madness. If you're interested in that, they play at one o'clock. If you're listening in the morning on, uh, on the Wednesday, we put this out and uh, we'll probably be in the sweet 16 and elite eight and could go farther than that. So uh, they are very, very good. And, and could potentially with the best offense in the country contend for a national title. Uh, Baltimore Ravens updates. Uh, talk about a big splash. I mean, Geno stone may make the difference between, uh, Super Bowl or not. I think, you know, you kind of said it, Banks. You said big splash, splash, no caps. Splash. When I see Banks make a big statement, I believe that big statement. That's it. That goes in my brain as fact. So we're talking big splash. No, I think the biggest, the biggest news of the week is obviously the Sammy Watkins um, sort of talk and, and thoughts. And is that going to be the, the wide receiver, the Ravens grab and, and add some, you know, more speed to an offense that already has a fair amount of speed. He leaves Baltimore today with no contract. Seems like the reporting there is that that doesn't actually mean anything. He may go visit the Colts and still come back and sign here. Um, but that, you know, wide receiver is the obsession of the Ravens fan right now. Sammy Watkins is now in the, uh, the top chair of that obsession uh, before the draft. And we'll see if that happens. Because at this point, they're not connected with anybody else. It is Sammy Watkins and nobody else from a connection standpoint. Juju talk from last week, done. He's back with the Steelers. Galladay talk, done. He's with the Giants. We turn our lonely eyes to Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Um, typically when a player comes to Baltimore and Baltimore really craves, you know, really wants the guy, they don't leave here without getting him. And uh, he left. He went to Indianapolis for his meeting there. And uh, you can't say it's out of the question that he comes back um, and signs with us, but it doesn't look great. Um, if, if you're looking to have Sammy Watkins join the Ravens, I personally would like to see him play. I, I, I think that he's a good fit. I think he brings something a little extra to the table. Um, he's always been a supreme talent. Um, I think that he got a little bit, little bit lost in the wash in Kansas city a little bit with, with the way that roster is constructed. And, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of talented guys and that offense is, it's different. They don't run the same offense as we do whatsoever. And um, he had success when, when Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator up in Buffalo, he had his best year in his second year where I think he caught like nine touchdowns over a thousand yards. Um, that was, I want to say 2016. So the guy's a top talent. Um, he's not like the end all be all receiver, like some people want, but he's for what the price is and the talent level. Yeah. There's injury concerns, but he's, I don't think people are giving him the credit that he probably deserves. Um, and I don't think by any means that if they were to get Sammy Watkins, that that would be, that would be the end of their wide receiver search. I think that they would still look for, for a day one or day two receiver in the draft. Um, but he he's everything that Willie Sneed is and more as long as he's healthy. So uh, there's a lot of people that were kind of turned their nose up at Sammy Watkins, um, 
I would personally, I mean, I, I hope that he ends up signing with us, but if he doesn't, I'm not going to be heartbroken either. Um, but we just have to recognize, and I feel like I go into this every so often, like a wide receiver, we just don't value as much as other teams. Like people just want to put the Ravens offense and the Ravens roster and, and look at all the other rosters around and construct and go get players based on the way other teams operate. And the wide receiver position is just not a, as big a priority for us and for Eric DaCosta and, and for John Harbaugh as it is for other teams. And so these other teams are going to be more willing to spend more money to invest more resources and positions that they value more highly. So at a certain point, yeah, you have to draft one. You have to go get one because you can't play without wide receivers, but you gotta, you gotta recognize that, you know, the way we're allocating our resources is going to be different than every other teams. And we, I want people to come to that realization and be okay with that because for a couple of weeks now, it feels like a, there's a lot of people that should be turning in their in Eric DaCosta, we trust cards. I just, you know, I, as the, as the, as the leader of, of the giver of those. Cards, yes. You're on, yes. You're on our, I, I, I don't want to have to do it, but some people may have to turn those cards. In I, I think the, the interesting part about the Sammy Watkins discussion is this. And, and as you said, there are some people turning their nose up at a potential Sammy Watkins signing. I don't know. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If there have been numbers potentially tossed out for him, I don't think that it's going to be big money at this point. The wide receiver pool has sort of the money, the big money has kind of been distributed. Two things I want to say about it. First of all, he's going to be 28. He's not old. Every, I would have he, thought 38. I, he's yeah. been around forever, and partly it's because he was a top 10 pick. He was great in college. There was all this talk, and there's now been all this talk. When he, when's he going to hit that peak? It could be in the next three years. I mean, you could be your best at 28, 29, and 30 when he's here. Second of all, and I, I just think people need to continue to be reminded of this. Here who are the Ravens wide receivers. Here's the final roster for the Baltimore Ravens and wide receiver. Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown, Des Bryant, Devin Duvernay, Chris Moore, James Prochet, and Willie Sneed. Uh, unless Hollywood Brown, you know, takes another step, Sammy Watkins is better than all of those guys. So it's an upgrade. It's not as if you're bringing Sammy Watkins in to replace a wide receiver you've lost. That's great. He's better than Willie Sneed. He's better than Prochet. He's better than Duvernay. He's better than Des Bryant, better than Miles. So if you're going to get him for a manageable price and give yourself a guy that's comfortable with the offensive coordinator that's there, there's some connections to the organization allows you to potentially take the top off of the defense more and not have people, you know, focus as much on the run and, and maybe do some of the things that Hollywood Brown hasn't been able to do in terms of catching the deep ball. And maybe that allows Hollywood Brown to work within the middle of the field a little bit more. Sammy Watkins is also dealt with and, and is fine with not being the top option. There's all this talk. It's like the Ravens can't, get talented wide receivers because they don't want to be the top options. Well, Sammy sat behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for three years and seemed very fine with it and sitting in within his role. Seems like a perfect guy to come in and play with a Lamar Jackson offense where he's not going to see, you know, a million targets and not going to catch 95 balls, but is fine being in a role of an offense that's really explosive. He did it in Kansas City, could do it right here. I think if you're getting him for a manageable price, I think it's a great signing and one that is shrewd with how the market has gone at wide receiver. Then, as you said, you attack that again, maybe in day one or day two of the draft, depending who falls to you and you kind of work from there. And then who knows what comes to you later, or if you feel like in the middle of the season, you, you could trade for another one. I, I, 
I don't understand the sort of angst about Sammy Watkins. I think that it's a good signing. And we can get a guy that's 28 years old, has the talent that he does. And yes, is he going to be the top receiver people thought he would be coming in to the league? He's not. At this point, it would have happened already. But to say he's just not a guy that can upgrade the offense or is underwhelming because you didn't get Kenny Galladay, which was never going to happen anyway, this just all becomes an expectations game. And I, I think it would be a, a nice move. And we'll see what he does. I mean, he, he may opt to go somewhere where he can be featured more, but, you know, that didn't prevent him from going and flourishing in Kansas City. You never heard the, like, oh, Sammy Watkins. It rumbles that Sammy Watkins upset his role in the offense. Like, they won, they won the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. so. I would stop short of saying he flourished, but he was a factor. He was a piece of the puzzle. And, well, I mean, in that yeah. offense, he was never going to flourish in the sense that like right. 85 catches for 1,200 yards and big touchdown numbers. You're behind two of the most explosive, two of the, not explosive, I wouldn't call Travis Kelsey explosive, but two of the top weapons in the league on the, you know, from a receiving perspective in Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill. At that point, you're kind of kind of fill a role. And in, in Baltimore, he's not going to be the top option in terms of how the Ravens, what the Ravens are doing offensively. And he wasn't in Kansas city, but it worked out for the guy. So. I was going to say, I mean, he had 129 catches in 34 games for the chiefs. Like he's, he, he, his, his first year, obviously in Buffalo was his best year where he had 128 targets and 65 catches. He hasn't had more than 60 since then. So yeah, like he's not. And I think that's what people were. Cause I saw both sides of the fence. I saw both people being like, don't let Sammy Watkins leave this building. Then I saw people like get Sammy Watkins out of this building. He doesn't need to be here because I think you still have people who were like, Oh, well, he was the fourth pick in the draft. He could be something. And then I think you also had people who were like, well, he was the fourth pick and he stunk and he hasn't, you know, he, he, like this, like you said, those expectations, he hasn't lived up to him. I think he would be perfectly fine in that offense. I think he would, again, I think he's an upgrade over Willie Sneed. Um, I think he's a faster, I think he's, you know, probably not as physical, but I, I think he could, I think he could do the job that they need. The price is a different thing. Obviously, I think back in 2018, he signed like a three-year, $48 million deal with the Chiefs. He's not getting anywhere close to that. And I think if he if he ever even mentioned those those uh, numbers in the in the castle, they would have just said, you know, there's the door. Enjoy your free lunch, and, yeah. and we'll see you later. Um, but, yeah, and and it, it is rare because, you know, I remember it was Steve Smith. Oh, he's coming to Baltimore, and then he's going to uh, – New England. He's gonna he's gonna fly it to New England after that. And it was like there was like a well known like he's he he's not leaving the building. They're not letting him leave. And I think like 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 you had said all along with Judon Banks, like if they wanted Sammy Watkins that bad, they wouldn't have he wouldn't he wouldn't be an Indy right now. Very likely so. So we'll see yeah. how it shakes out. The report was that they did they do like him. So like I don't know. It wasn't a maybe they check back in on him in a couple of weeks, like they did with the um you know, maybe they, they hit him up again before the draft and, and like they kind of did with Dez where they had him in for the workout and then said, hey, we'll, we'll hit you back up. Maybe maybe he's not in great shape. Maybe he's something, you know, something, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. I think that's a really good point to make, Gardy T. Like, would they have let him leave if they yeah. really wanted him to be a Baltimore Raven? How, they, they have we'll that see. pool I mean, where they can say. And maybe they're trying to feel maybe they're trying to feel out what he could potentially get from somebody else and mm-hmm. to try not to overpay him. And when you're when especially when you're really pinching dollars like they're trying to within the cap. Um and, and go to go to Indy, get get their number, give us a call. And I don't know if that's how that yeah. stuff works. That's just total speculation. Yeah. But yeah. you know, 
you're, you're watching them sort of do those, those little restructures with, you know, none of us are capologists, but with Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell to try to squeeze a little bit more room. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what a team like the Ravens have to do to try to, you know, get additions that aren't just coming from the draft um, on their team. And maybe they don't, maybe they, they were a little bit different with, with Sammy Watkins on a number. Maybe there was no, maybe there was, you know, nothing that was offered to him at this point. Um, And they feel like, and like you said, the injury prone thing certainly deserved. I mean, he has missed a ton of games, probably part of the reason that he has not developed into the, you know, number one receiver that he was proclaimed to be. The thing that I hate what people do is like, it's like, Oh my God, he's a bust. He's the number four pick in the draft. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. You you have to take where he was selected in the league and, and throw that out of your evaluation of what he is now. Look at what he is now and make the, make the judgment not look at what he was supposed to be seven years ago at this point that doesn't matter he's clearly a productive NFL player he's going to be on a roster um and, and it was a part of Super Bowl teams so or one he played he played really well in that was it 20 I guess 2019 NFL season um I mean he he had the catch to ice the game pretty much against the Titans in the, that AFC championship game because I just remember spiking my phone and being like I can't believe Sammy Watkins just drove the 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 nail in but yeah i mean it again i think there's there's definitely much worse people that they could sign and like like you said taylor they weren't paying that money for kenny galladay that was another thing people were like sworn that of course there was that that report that came out that i mean the ravens must have ravens been, are checking in must have said i've yeah. just been so upset that that leaked because then it's like oh then everyone got that sort of like oh oh ooh, maybe by the, by the way shout out to jimmy's for having maybe the tweet of the day when someone said like, Hey, you guys going to offer Sammy Watkins free crab cakes for life. If he comes here and they retweeted it and said, Sammy, if you come here uh, and pay double for your first crab cake, your second one is free. (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, unbelievable. (laughs) I got two, two things with Sammy Watkins. What do you think his height and weight are? Say a guess, each of you. Without me looking at his pro football reference page right now, or you're already looking at it? Yeah, I've had it. I'll, yeah. guess, I'll guess 5'11, 190. He's 6'1, 211, 214, something like that. He's a I solid dude. He that makes sense. The you're the fourth pick in the draft. You're not a 5'11. Yeah, so. I was looking unless at some actually, clips. And- unless you're Devontae Smith because he's about to be a 5'11, 170 guy taken in the top five. So I was watching some clips and, and he really plays the middle of the field a lot more. He plays a lot more physically. Um, breaks more tackles and, and does a lot of more of those little things than I ever had expected because there is that perception, especially with the way he was kind of a blazer at Clemson and all mm-hmm. speed and all those Running types of things everyone. that you had this impression that he was just kind of more or less almost a Hollywood Brown type. And that's not, not the case at all from what I've, I've, I've seen. So um, catch a bubble I, screen and go. I do think that he brings something different to the table and it's, it's, a better Willie Sneed, essentially, with more speed. <laughs> Someone had said, I can't remember who on Twitter, and they, they were talking, obviously, about the, the Watkins, and they said, this feels like more of a Jeremy Macklin than a Derek Mason, Anquan Bolden type signing, where it's like, again, it's a name. You're, we're not going to get the production that you, again, that your expectations lead you to believe. I think it's, it's like, eh. Yeah, I think it's between a Macklin and a. I mean, Macklin was Macklin was Des Brown. Des, but Des then Brown. it becomes yeah, the less. situation when you were signing those guys. You had a big arm, six foot six, 
quarterback who you wanted to throw and have receivers with yeah different football team yeah this is a such a such a different football team we're playing between the numbers here yeah i'm sorry you could bring in you could bring in stefan diggs who this podcast beloves and he's not putting up the numbers they did in buffalo because they're just running a different system we're running a different system so the, the way that the receivers are going to respond in this, the numbers are going to be down. But obviously, Willie Sneed in the middle of the field brought an incredibly valuable presence as the guy that catches the pass on, you know, when they would pass on first down and catches it to make it second and three. If it's Sammy Watkins, maybe that route's open more, or maybe when Sammy Watkins gets the rock, that's a more explosive play. I think that's the potential upgrade you get. Um, Cause like you said, I said, he can take the top off the defense. That's sort of what he did at the beginning of his career. That's not really where he works now. And if he was, he would have become a top tier wide receiver. Yeah. We go on for days and days on this. We talk about wide receiver on this show every week. I had my second thing that I forgot to get back to though. I'm going to throw this name out for no reason whatsoever. Uh, Devonte Parker. Thoughts. I both trade. I both. I don't know. That's I'm just going to, I'm just throwing that name out there. You want to, you want to make me a judgment about I'm the just, I'm Parker? just saying just like uh, uh, a Louisville. Sure. Is, one yeah, of is that yeah, how Josh, Josh said it? That's a Louisville. That's a that's Louisville. A, a Louisville. That's an absolute Louisville. Um, I'd be interested to see what he's getting traded for. Um, and I mean, it's a, a, I would, I would like it. I mean, talk about big body receiver. He's probably six three. I would I would be my guess. I'll be as I just sort of look it up in, in real time. Sure. Yeah, six three. Yeah, I I can see the wheels turning as as we're going. 20, 28. Now I'm trying to look up salary as we talk here. I, he, I will posit that the Miami Dolphins are not a team I'm watching a ton of. So I can't I'm just gonna be <laughs> really transparent on my lack of knowledge of watching Devontae Parker play a lot of football. But certainly the measurables and the numbers are ones you would like um, in production. There's production there with, with very average quarterback situations. I mean, he hasn't really had a top-flight guy tossing him the pigskin during his career. So you would think he would be a guy that would be excited to play for Lamar Jackson. I know everyone's like, no one would have come, want to come play for Lamar Jackson. Well, when the names have been, you know, bad Ryan Tannehill before he became good Ryan Tannehill and, you know, Fitz Magic, who I know everybody loves, and you know, Talia Tungavailoa's brother. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, the you wheels see the wheels turning? Turn yeah. Man, I'm really <laughs> obvious with my wheels turning tonight, huh? Yeah. Um, it's been a long. I just don't. I'd be interested to know what the what the what the vow like what you're giving to get him back. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I was just throwing a name out there. Just throwing a name. No, no, I know. Just throwing a name. Just a random name. Just yeah. a random name this is a random name. We're going to just toss out a random name of a receiver a week. This is a recurring segment. Next week could be anybody. R-W-R-O-T-W. Or maybe, maybe it'll be Devontae Parker again. I don't have to throw out any random receivers if I don't want to. You don't have to. Yeah. Uh, he just came into my head. I just no, sure, head. sure, sure. I think he's been on a lot of people's fantasy teams. I'm sure. I, used to fit, I got him and uh, Devontae Adams mixed up for the first, like, three years of their career. And then they do. That's they really, that's really diverged. That's yeah. really <laughs> Yeah, you tell me when I drafted Devontae Parker instead of Devontae Adams in uh, fantasy. Like no way. Year in the no, like their second year in the league, not like. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, that's that guy from Louisville. Snag. Like, oh, nope, that's the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Devontae Parker. Uh, yeah, there's not much more Ravens movement. We sort of touched on the Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams gives the Ravens about $4.5 million in cap. Uh, Geno Stone is back. Who everyone thought was a steal at the end of the draft last year, got cut about 14 times during the year and brought back. And um, he got claimed by, believe by the Texans. Um, he's just a, that's just kind of a back end of the roster type of move, but it, clearly they like him. They keep bringing him back. So, yeah, but it's also bizarre because the Ravens were thin in the secondary last year by the end of the year and Geno Smith couldn't get on the field. So I, I you know, not sure uh, what the situation is there, but he, he's, he's, he's back on the team and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Baltimore Orioles finally on TV RDT. I know you were fired up and we got to see our guy, Trey Man City hit a bomb, Trey Mancini, geez, hit a bomb, called him Man City. A lot of soccer talk. That was talking soccer here on, uh, <laughs> on the X-25 cast. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a, a awesome to see and awesome to just see the Orioles on TV. I know we talked about this Masson thing 14,000 times, but I popped that on and I was like, oh, free training baseball in Masson. Great. It felt good to hear the music too. The like, coming back from commercial and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's so weird because you have, you have a team like the angels showing every single one of their games and you have a team like the Orioles who literally last week was like, eh, I guess we, yeah, maybe we'll show you two games and, and we'll throw them on Masson. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice to see. And again, it was a lot of the starters you saw Hayes. We got to see Adley, which I think they, I don't know if they did that on purpose. Um, Obviously, Trey hit it. He got his infield single in his first at bat, home run, second at bat. Um, it was funny, too, because you'll hear it. We talked to Trey. I don't know if this was on. I don't think we were were, were recording that part, but I, we told him it was on mass, and he didn't even know they were on TV today. So yeah. that just shows you how dialed in the guys are, just ready to, you know, ready to roll. Um, but Oriole baseball back in, I think it's going to be eight, eight days now when you're listening to this. Opening day. Yeah, sounds about right. That's wild, honestly. That's really kind yeah. of crept up on us mm-hmm. uh, opening day. It'll be interesting to see uh, what this Orioles roster looks like. Michael Franco seems fine. Hit a bomb. Yeah. Mashed it. And then I think I really the true news in Orioles in, in the Orioles uh, conversation is I think we're all going to be at that Dominican facility at some point in our lives. Uh, that place looks unbelievable. Yeah, like things are pretty cool. I, I'm a big renderings guy, and that uh, me too. We might have to have yeah. a re- we might have to have a renderings talk. We right can on. do a starting five of top five renderings. The, I, I think with enough research, there are talk some about movies. that Maryland basketball performance mm-hmm. center. Oh, that is a beautiful rendering. That is just a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful rendering. Yeah, There's some I mean, great renderings. Like if we go really back in the archives of like Washington D.C. Olympic Stadium. <laughs> Both new Baltimore arenas. I mean, there's some alternate Camden Yard layouts. Yeah, yeah, those are wild. Yeah, those are wild. Those are if you if you haven't seen those and you listen to the show, stop listening for five minutes or listen while you do this and just search alternate Camden Yards designs or something will get you that the the, the pictures. It is wild, wild. Some of the things they were going to do on there. The cookie cutter examples, the uh, you know, in the sort of vein of like a riverfront stadium or something like that, are just bizarre. I mean, thank God they didn't do something like that. I'm looking at them now, and yeah, they're just so weird. Oh, they, it's oh, it's great. It's love renderings. It's obviously great radio for us to do. Um, just all this on our Google machine here. Yeah, <laughs> typing away. As no one can see these pictures, um, so maybe you can just look as we sort of as people as we sort of talk about it, but. 
No, yeah, that the place in the Dominican. Hopefully, that's a game changer. Obviously, they were super late to the uh, to the international market, but uh, <laughs> I mean, this place is it's it's gonna be it's gonna be like it, it's gonna be the best place in the Dominican Republic. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to sign. <laughs> what with a them. declaration! Hey. Yeah, wow. I don't know why you wouldn't want to sign with the Orioles after seeing this. So uh, it, again, people people were bitching and complaining about hey, if we're not going to see spring training games on TV. But you're going to build a, a this massive campus in on 22 and a half acres? Yeah, sign me up for that. Let's uh, let's do that if we can get the next Jason Dominguez or, or Mariano Rivera or Xander Bogart, someone like that. Let me tell you what: if you guys are on this uh, this you know renderings, renderings. the domed stadium ones that are sort of just the the plastic models, if you're on the Baltimore Sun site or. Uh, Baltimore Sun Photo Gallery are insane. Can you imagine if there was just a oh. dome stadium sitting in the middle? Of I'm the, looking at the same one right of now. The city, it is that is an insane. You drive up that like in 95, coming north, and there's just a dome stadium that comes over the horizon. Thank God they didn't do that. Also, number two is the, one of the ugliest stadiums I've ever seen. The multi-sport stadium designed by Hoke Sports in the Oh yeah, it that looks like, a, like with the demolition of the warehouse. First that Energy looks, Stadium or something. Yeah, that I is think a, the lady who helped on Camden Yards follows me. Maybe we, oh, we should get her on. We should. Know. I mean, that stuff is really interesting. You want to yeah. like get into the? It, this is a longer discussion for probably another pod as we get to our Trey Mancini interview here. Baltimore, Baltimore has had a lot of things wrong with it. The two stadiums an insane a plus hit out of the park situation mm-hmm. for both of them they're both tremendous and are universally regarded as tremendous mm-hmm. and both the ravens honestly more than the orioles but the orioles have done a good job too the upgrades they've done oh, okay. in the stadiums inter- intermittently especially the ravens especially within the concourse and the and the corner boards and the, what they've done with the with the sky cam at every single game, that's a really good in game experience. The dragons, like, are the big ravens just flying around on the yeah. video board? Yeah, the the and the alternate reality and stuff like that. They are doing a tremendous job at that at that place. Like, as we just absolutely suck up to the organizations, but both of those teams and the Orioles, it's taken them a little longer. Video board now looks better, but. You don't have to do too much to Camden Yards. That's the thing. That's what's so incredible. That's why you got to get things right when you start. Mm-hmm. You got to get things right. Hey, we did Xfinity Center. Maybe put the concert rigging in there. Whatever. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Maryland Sports Authority. Shout, shout out to the Maryland Stadium Authority. Stadium Authority. Um, those are just Sports Authority. R.I.P. And you look, you look how bad it can be. And Nats Park's not a bad stadium, but you look at like FedEx Field. That's an eyesore that was done in two years because you didn't put any character at, or any ability to allow it because. Dan Snyder just stuffed seats in it. We get we might have to have a stadium podcast, just a full podcast about stadiums when we get to a point where we have not, where we have, uh, not as much to talk about on a weekly basis. Can do that. But right now we're talking about Trey Mancini. Awesome to have Trey on. RDT, obviously you've known him for a little bit. Um, everything you've always said is that he's a, a great guy. Um, it was awesome to have him on it and talk about the story with him and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think it was a long time coming. I know. I retweeted the picture, I think, Monday. Banks and I had him on our original Barstool Baltimore podcast back in January, February of 2015, 2016. 2016, yeah. He was in his, his girlfriend at the time's dorm, like going to her formal or something like that. <laughs> and I just remember like ripping off like, all right, we're going to do some over-unders for the Super Bowl. We did like prop bets for the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to, again, just, just kind of continue that friendship with him and, and have him come on and hopefully be able to do some stuff when, when things are starting to open up and we're allowed back places. Um, but again, I know we, we only had limited time with him, but I think we, uh, I think we got the, uh, the most juice for the squeeze and I think we got a good interview with him. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to our interview with Trey Mancini. Something magic happens. We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with Trey Mancini. And Trey, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Second, just what's it like being back playing baseball? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's been great. Um, you know, it, it, I, I wasn't totally sure if I'd be back playing at times over the last year, but it feels really good to be back and um, getting back in the swing of things and, um, you know, just taking at-bats in the game and everything. It's been like a normal spring training, and I feel like um, I haven't really missed too much of a beat. And now, so, so last year – most of the other guys on the team, they got kind of a taste of this weird kind of bizarre world spring training. You, you were obviously, you were out and, and, you know, having surgery and all that stuff when that was going on. So what's it like for you to go through this for the first time when they've all been kind of through it and it's, it's kind of, it's already a routine for them. Yeah, it's been a little weird. They all um, basically knew the lay of the land and um, kind of the routine of every day um, because of last year. And um, obviously I, I wasn't playing last year, so I didn't really know what it was going to be like. And, um, you know, it's definitely strange. It's a much different spring training in that regard, but I've gotten used to it. Um, you know, we'd have to go to the intake trailer every morning, get our temperature taken. Um, every other day we get um, tested and then those get shipped off. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a little weird. And sometimes you just like, can't believe that this is going on, but it's what you, what you got to do. Now, has there been any one thing that as you're working your way back, was there one thing in the back of your mind that kept you pushing forward every single day as you were trying to recover and, and get back your strength? Was there one moment you had in your mind or anything like that? Um, not too much. I think just overall getting back to baseball was always my goal. But when I got diagnosed that definitely, you know, baseball was uh, took a backseat. Um, I wasn't thinking about it at all. When you get a diagnosis like that, it's really scary and frightening. And all you really think about is, um, you know, wanting to be alive, basically. So um, once I finished treatment and everything like that, then, um, you know, I, I really started to be able to focus on baseball again. And I think, playing on opening day would really, um, I think, be the moment where things really came full circle for me, um, especially after everything I went through last year and, and everything, um, you know, my family went through with me too. It, it was really tough, but, um, you know, being able to play on opening day, I think would be um, just amazing. What will that first home at bat kind of feel like back at Camden Yards when you, you know, you kind of walk out and who knows how many people will be in the stands at this point? We, we don't know, but uh, what will that feel like for you? Oh, it'll be amazing. Uh, opening day at Camden is always my favorite when we run down the orange carpet. It is just such a cool atmosphere and um, it, it's just amazing. And I'm so excited to, to play there in front of our fans. If there's one year that you could probably get away with getting a cleat caught and tripping in the orange carpet and people still like giving you a <laughs> yeah. round of applause, I think it's this year. I think people could look past the fall. It would it would definitely make headlines. You'd crawl, down the, crawl yeah. down the orange carpet. If, if we didn't do it right before uh, game time, I definitely would put turfs on and then go change. But we're ba we run down and it's basically game time. So you really got to be careful going down there because – it's in the back of everybody's mind every year. Um, I remember the first year I ran down, that's all I was thinking about was don't trip. So um, yeah, it, it's something you're thinking about the whole time. Do you practice? Do you guys practice on the orange carpet? No, we don't. Yeah, so you don't really, <laughs> you, you have no idea.
idea what it's going to be like until you go out there and run down it. Um, and, and it's kind of nerve wracking. You are like the whole time thinking <laughs> don't trip, but you also try to soak in the atmosphere and um, enjoy it. So, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever taken a tumble on it. I'm not sure. I'm guessing somebody's had to over the years, but, um, but yeah, you don't want to be that guy. I think a lot of eyes are going to be beyond you when you're coming out of that center field gate and everyone's just going to be locked in. And if you, if you take like a little tumble, just like do a little somersault for some. Yeah. Yeah. I can play it off. I've I've fallen my fair share of times on the field and um, you know, I always try to play it off whenever that happens. It could be fun. Do a little somersault and throw uh, something in there. Yeah. Do a little gymnastics. Now, now, what, what was it like for you, again, sitting at home watching all these games last year? And the Orioles, I mean, they came out hot. I know you and I, we had talked, um, I think it was in the parking lot of, of Moe's viewing, and we kind of joked around like, hey, if they're in a wild card spot, you know, and you're feeling good, what, what are the chances that we get you coming off the list? Um, but, I mean, how tough was that? And I know Sarah had put up, you know, pictures and videos of you watching, and you said you were screaming and taking dry hacks, you know, watching these games. What just what was that whole thing like for you? Yeah, it was really strange just because I had never really watched baseball like that before. Um, you know, my whole life, we play so many games that by the time I get home, I don't really want to turn on the TV and watch more baseball necessarily. Um, but last year, since I wasn't playing and we hadn't had sports in months, um, it was just so much fun to turn on the TV every night and watch my teammates play. Um, and I was so proud of the way they played last year. And um, they, they did a really, really good job. And I'm happy to be back and part of the team now and, and building on what they did last year. Yeah. On that baseball front, what was it like for you to watch some of the young guys develop? Obviously, you're more of a veteran in the organization, which is weird to say because it's not as you're not old in professional baseball at this point. But watching the, the, the guys sort of, you know, battle that entire year with obviously a roster that no one expected to do anything and, and still put them in position um, to get some wins. What was that like for you? And now coming back and seeing, you know, from last year to this year, that, that entire development of the squad. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, Cause it's not easy to come up to the majors and perform right away. And I feel like we had a handful of guys that did that last year. Um, it's, um, you know, that's the name of the game is experience and um, taking advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you. And we had a lot of guys that made a name for themselves and pretty much cemented themselves into the lineup and, and bullpen and rotation this year. So, um, you know, it's, it's a big deal and, and they should be proud of themselves for that. And, and um, I think they're going to come out hungry this year too and, and build on the years that they all had last year. And I know, you know, the story's been all over portrayed. Dan Connolly did a great job in the athletic. That was one of my favorite pieces that he did covering that that whole year with you. Um, Talk about just Sarah and what she's meant for you, done for you and, and your sisters too, because again, Sarah deserves a ton of praise, but your sisters were there the entire, you know, the entire ride with you too. So talk about them just as a whole and, and what they all helped you out with. Yeah, so Sarah basically became my at-home nurse last year. Um, You know, besides, I I had to go to the treatments by myself due to COVID protocols, but the second I got home from treatments, um, you know, it would be three or four pretty rough days. I wouldn't feel good. Um, So she she got me up off the couch at times when I needed to move around. She, um, you know, she had to give me baths for like three days after my infusions because I had a take-home port that couldn't get wet. Um, She knew exactly, you know, Pedialyte, things like that, what to get me, what I could like put down because I'd get pretty dehydrated and I wouldn't want to eat for those days. So she did a good job of making sure that, um, you know, I needed somebody there to, to tell me to, you know, you need to 
drink water, Pedialyte, whatever you can. Um, so um, it, it's a really tough job. And, and she was just amazing throughout the whole thing. I think most people would have had some sort of um, breakdown at some point and she never did. She never complained and, and she was just strong the entire time. And, and before we knew it, it was over. Um, you know, it was, it was a long road, but at the same time, it went by quicker than you would think just because of uh, how well she handled it and, and we handled it together. Um, and my sister's were amazing too. Obviously they couldn't be there too much due to COVID protocols. My, um, they were able to a couple times, but, um, they're the best and, and they, they helped me a lot with, with my foundation and, and, um, you know, they're always there for me. So, so their support meant the world and, and, um, yeah, it means a lot to me. Major kudos to them for sure. Um, sounds like, I mean, we all know that the, the process must've been very tolling on the body. Has there been a very, like an area where you felt like your strength as you've been making the comeback from a baseball standpoint, where maybe the strength was a little bit slower in one area or, or quicker? Like how was that entire process played out? Yeah. As far as strength goes, I'm definitely back to where I was before, but my body went through a lot in the sense that I just fluctuate weight so much. So I'd go to treatments, um, every other Monday, basically. So, uh, for those three or four days where I didn't really want to eat or couldn't eat, I'd lose about 10 to 12 pounds, I'd say. And then I'd be able to eat the next nine or 10 days. I'd put the weight back on and then I drop it again. And a lot of it was water weight, but it was a lot of fluctuation for my body. So by the time I finished, um, I definitely had a lot of work to do with you know, stability building, you know, having, getting flexibility again and, and, um, keeping my weight consistent and, and staying strong. So, um, that took a couple months to get down and, and I'd say by about December or January, I felt totally like myself again from a physical standpoint. So, um, it was definitely a lot of hard work, but, um, but yeah, I feel really good about where I'm at right now. All right. Now I heard you in the, the mic'd up segment that the Orioles did, which again was fantastic. Um, talking to, I forget, was it Rio about curb and how you were yeah. watching curb? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're just real quick, rank them curb, the wire, the office. I'm going to get <laughs> nailed for these rankings. Um, I'm, <laughs> oh man. You know what? I'm going to go the office the wire curb. Um, I almost wanted to rank the wire third. There's such different shows. I love the wire so much. I still think breaking bad was better, but um, I almost yeah, threw breaking I, bad in, but I didn't want to give you. Four. Yeah. Yeah. The wire is amazing. Um, and I watched it at the beginning of quarantine, like right when my treatment started, I remember we watched the wire. Um, and it was so good. Um, I, I, I even thought seasons, two and five, which I think are sometimes the most controversial, um, were good. Um, but yeah, season one was my favorite and, and the wire is just an awesome show. It was so good. I mean, you, you nailed it. The, the season, I love, I love that you said season two wasn't bad because it wasn't bad at all. It <laughs> was, I mean, I know it deviated a lot. I think with time though, people started appreciating it more, but probably when it was airing, people weren't happy about the change of scenery, mm -hmm. I'd say. Uh, Trey, we asked uh, Morgan Cox this about Tennessee, Justin Tucker this about Texas. So we'll ask you this about Notre Dame. When will Notre Dame be officially back? Oh, we've been back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I know, I know. I, You've I got the best that, case of those three schools for yeah, sure. The reputation hanging around is obviously the big bowl game, um, you know, getting blown out a lot. I, I feel a little vindicated after the national championship game, though. Um, I think Alabama was just so good. And Notre Dame didn't get enough credit for um, the defense, I guess, for holding them under 35 points, which kind of sounds like, a, you know, 
loser thing to say, but, um, <laughs> you know, actually pretty impressive given that offense. So um, they, they still have a little work to do, but I, I've been very happy with how the program's been under Brian Kelly. I mean, making it to a national championship my junior year and then the college football playoff twice is, is something to be proud of, but um, I think people really do want a national championship there eventually. And um, there's still clearly a lot of work to do to get to that point, because I think, you know, you got Clemson, Bama and Ohio state that are all, you know, in their own tier at the top. And then there's kind of a bigger drop off, I think, until the next one. So to get to that point um, is definitely going to take some more work. Now you've been doing a ton of media and rightfully so it's a fantastic story, but um, are there any questions you've been starting to get tired of hearing about and what, what might be a question that you wish somebody would ask? Um, not really. Um, you know, it, it can be a little taxing and, and um, it brings back a lot of unpleasant memories at times, but at the same time, you know, I, I knew when I was coming back to baseball, it was going to be a big story and, and people are going to want to know about it. Um, so, um, you know, I, I've definitely taken it in stride and, um, you know, it, it's something I'm, I'm happy to talk about and especially spread awareness about. I think that's a huge thing for me is, um, you know, just I, I didn't really know anything about colon cancer for the most part before I was diagnosed. So I think doing interviews and, and getting the word out there really helps and, and maybe will inspire some people to get checked. So, um, it, 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 you know, as tiring as it can be at times, it's something I'm happy to do for sure. Any questions about it you wish people would ask that they don't know about? Um. No, not to about colon cancer, like specifically. Or no, just about sort of the entire journey. Um, no, I think everybody's, you know, covered. <laughs> everybody's been like super nice and asked really good questions. Um, you know, I, I haven't taken offense to anything anybody's asked. I mean, I'm not, you know, easily offended or anything like that. So, um, no, no, there's nothing really that pops into my head that I wish somebody would ask. But all right, guys, we're clear. Yeah. We're clear. We, we really just did that yeah, for our yeah. own benefit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey, before we get you out of here, plug the foundation. Obviously, you guys doing awesome stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a foundation. It's just the Trey Mancini foundation. Um, we didn't get too creative with the name, but, um, no, so we, we basically anything that, um, resonates with us, we're going to help support. Uh, so obviously I've done some stuff with colon cancer already and it's colon cancer awareness month in March. And then we're going to kind of shift a little bit towards doing a backpack program in Baltimore and joining, we're going to partner with the boys and girls club, to make sure that a lot of kids can go home with food for the weekend. Um, you know, they go home from school with food and I, you know, that's a, uh, a situation that's that can be kind of a problem in Baltimore and something that we really want to help with is, um, getting kids food. And, um, you know, so, so I didn't want it to be only a cancer foundation and, and things like that. I wanted to help in other areas as well. That's awesome stuff. Trey, you're, uh, you're an inspiration to this entire city. It's awesome to have you back on the field and really appreciate you taking some time for us today. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Back to you in the studio. Back on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Thanks once again to the man, Trey Mancini, for jumping on with us, talking about just an incredible inspirational story. I'm sure all Baltimore sports fans obviously very you know, familiar with it, but to hear him verbalize that to us specifically was, was awesome. Um, and just the inspiration he's become to a lot of people. And it was, you know, funny. I, I, I we, this was sort of outside of the interview, but Eric, you kind of told him, you know, Hey, games on TV today, you know, wouldn't it be nice to be at home run guy hits a dog. Guy hits I, think an I, said, I think I said, you better get into one or something. Yeah, he was know. like, Oh, I'll try. Bang. Didn't even know the game was on TV until we told him he was like, Oh, it's on Masson. Um, so awesome story. Great dude. Just a great dude. Yeah. And again, I think like everything you heard in the interview was 
I mean, that's just Trey. Like he's guy. Guy was put on this earth to, to hit baseballs, um, and he's just the nicest person in the world. Every- yeah, you never really hear anything otherwise. Like everybody has awesome things to say about him all the time. Um, I worked with one of his Notre Dame teammates um, at one point, and he just couldn't stop raving about not just who he is and like um, how he treats people, but also how um, passionate he is about his work ethic and things like that. How almost like I, I, I couldn't help but notice one of the words when I asked him a question about gaining his strength back. He wasn't so much. He, he didn't talk about gaining his strength back. He was talking about flexibility. The guy is obsessed with flexibility. Like he's all about being pliable. Like it kind of shows for first baseman, left fielder type. Like he's kind of lanky and he's kind of moves like pretty well in terms of like, um, he doesn't look very restricted. So he's all about flexibility. I, uh, figured I'd throw that little nugget in there a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, great interview. And I, I, I think we're all happy to see him back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, and we've obviously discussed Trey since the podcast started and we, we've talked so much about the story and I'm sure this will get, he will get back to getting the majority baseball questions once he gets into the season. Talking about him from a baseball perspective, I think you have to remember the type of production the Orioles are potentially getting back with him in the middle of that lineup and how, you know, amazing that he's back playing, but think about kind of the boost he gives to the Orioles, you know, in 2019, he hit 35 homers, 38 doubles, hit 291, slugged over 530. Like, he's a legit top-end masher of baseballs. And so you bring him back into a young Orioles lineup. He's now 29, can kind of lead this group as essentially, and this is crazy to say, and I'm sure he would say, no, I'm not, but he's the face of the franchise. I mean, that's what he is right now in Baltimore not only is through his story, but through his straight production on the field. So I'm just excited to see him back um, kind of doing his thing out at Camden Yards because he was fun to watch. He's been fun to watch since he stepped into the majors, man. He really, really has. And and Brian nailed it too with the whole work ethic and stuff like that. And Taylor, I know you said you watched the game. I don't know if you, you heard his interview during the game when they asked him, you know, you're normally a guy who tries to play every game. And, and what are you going to do if – are you going to go to Hyde and say, you know, during the season, hey, I may need a game off because, again, I mean, this guy's body is still recovering from fighting cancer. And he said, I, I've never done that before and I don't plan on doing it again. And he said, you know, it's, it'll be a different thing if Hyde asks me, you know, or tells me I'm taking the day off. But he said something like, I'm not going to ask for a day off. I'm not. And so it's like – if you're another guy on that team and you've got a bum ankle or your shoulder's killing you and you look over and you see Trey's in the lineup for the 50th day in a row, or he's playing, you know, in 158 out of 162 and you're thinking about sitting out because of a, a bum shoulder or, you, you know, an ankle, it's like, what am I doing? If, if that guy can, you know, can play and, and fight through this thing, then, then, you know, I can, I can give it a go too. So yeah, I, I thought that was, that was pretty telling. And, and again, Brian, I think you nailed it with that point. Um, I mean, yeah, the guy's the, he, he's the leader. He's in Adam Jones's old locker. And that was a big story going into last year. And yeah, Taylor, I just remember that whole last season of 2019. Like I wanted him to get 335 and a hundred more than I wanted anything. <laughs> I was, I, I was willing, will like trying to will balls and to fall into the gaps. So he could get to 300. Uh, but again, I mean, he was, he was a hell of a, a player that year. Should have been the all-star. John Means was great that year too. I thought Trey was obviously robbed, but um, hopefully we get another, uh, we get an all-star appearance out of him this year. 
yeah, cannot cannot wait to watch him um, as we go forward. And can't wait to watch him in person at Camden Yards as the stadium opens back up. And that leads us into our draft this week, which is Orioles promotional items. Mm-hmm. Whether it be mm-hmm. – no, wait, wait. Not whether items, be, just promotional. No, I know. I, I know. Okay. Whether it be giveaways or reasons for you to come into the stadium, just promotions in general, just promotions in general. I was getting there. I was correcting my word. You jumped all over me, but I, I was did. there. I was there. So that could be things like actual giveaways in the stadium, reasons you should come, discounts, any promotions that the the ball club is doing from a marketing perspective. And there is always a big hoopla about the release of the marketing schedule every year because the Orioles, to their credit, have some tremendous uh, marketing things that they do and gets people to come. Um, So that is going to be our draft. I actually went and got the order this week uh, before the thing, guys. I'm, I'm not figuring out how to go through the pod. I have the first pick. Banksy, you have the second pick. RDT, you have the third pick as we go around the horn here. So I will start it off, and I, I think this pick to me is clear as day. I think there's a clear king in the giveaway game, and that is bobbleheads. Any bobblehead night mm. is what I'm taking with the first overall pick. I'm a, I love bobbleheads. You get great stuff with them in your office. Um, we actually have a train man. Somebody has a train man, Steve bobblehead in one of our offices right now. I can't remember who does in Maryland. One of our media relations people. I can't remember who it is. Um, so uh, I have a Dylan Bundy one actually sitting in my office right now. I, I have one Orioles bobblehead on my desk at work. You want to take a guess what it is? Uh, current guy or old guy? I feel like I know this. Current guy. It's, it is a bobblehead, but it, it has an accessory as well. Is he on the he's on the team right now, or he's in the league? Yes. So oh, it's, it's he, oh, it's it's the Chris Davis and his dog. Yes, Chris yeah. Davis and Samson. Samson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was easy. So I'm taking bobbleheads. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, I wasn't so sure that you were going to take bobbleheads, but I knew I knew I wasn't going to take bobbleheads, which um, I'm not sure if if Eric was looking at it that closely. Good. But I he had. Thought, I had them listed out bobblehead by bobblehead. I thought we were doing it that way. <laughs> oh, geez. So I, I, have, could not, I, I have could 15 not different bobbleheads uh, listed yeah, out. Uh, this is what separates you as an Orioles fan from me. It's really just his bobbleheadness. He's yeah, all right. bobs. Yeah. Big Bob guy. All right. So, my pick uh, this is just such a classic. And I think that everybody uh, who grew up in this area just has memories tied to it. I'm going to go with Student Night, I think. You know, even though we've maybe phased out of that that trend, you know that that period of our lives, um, some of us may keep our our, our our Maryland IDs from a decade ago and may just keep that, you know, in their room just to use every so often on a Friday night and uh, go to always games for what six dollars, eight dollars, whatever it might be. Are you are you giving me cash considerations for taking my pick from the draft a couple of weeks ago? No, I'm, I, I I don't give any considerations whatsoever. You're not you're not giving me anything. You're no, not, I would not. You're not even giving this me the courtesy pick. of a call. No, I don't care. Okay, that'll be remembered for later. Okay. But good pick. Thank you. RDT. All righty. I mean, I got it. You know, this is uh, – this I feel like almost goes hand-in-hand hand with the student night. If you see someone at student night, well, you know they're at student night by them wearing a bucket hat. The Miller Lite, the, the bucket hats are all The floppy hat. Floppy hat. Yeah, um, bucky, bucket hat, floppy hat. Yeah. It's – that's just – It has to be their longest-running – promotion i have I always remember oh, easy. as a kid being upset because i wasn't 21 years or older to yeah. get floppy hats we've got floppy nose. hats with hts logos all over them and mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's not aren't even the oldest ones 
yeah yeah the, the floppy hat is the uh i mean they're king like i said it's a it's a you can you can wear them whenever they're there it's a great accessory um my second one on the back to back i'm going and this is a fairly new one when they started doing the replica jerseys with the maryland script in them i love those i think they're fantastic they, the giveaways again they just had the maryland They've done the white one. They've done the black one. Um, I forget which other one they did, but I thought they've looked really good. The Maryland, the, the Orioles jerseys, Maryland script in the writing. Obviously, we love our flag. We'll put it on anything. Um, it's just, it's a damn good looking jersey. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to take the wine shirt. It's a very popular one. I think sometimes those tickets are actually tough to come by, which is really tough to say for Orioles anything. That is an opening day. So um, maybe that's, they started doing that, what, five, six years ago consistently. But ever since they started, like those things are hot items. Mm -hmm. eBay, those things are on eBay Mm -hmm. the second those tickets go on sale. Before the first pitch. No, not even that. Like when tickets go on sale for that game, people will say, I'm going to this game and I'm buying this shirt. I'll sell, I'll send it to you then. And they're still paying two, $250 for it. It's insane. I've never, I've never got a sh- one of those, the Hawaiian shirts, but I know people who will like camp out, make sure they're one of the first 25,000, 10,000, whatever it is in the stadium. Uh, RDT, can you re-repeat your fourth, your fourth pick? Cause I didn't write it back. I had the replica jersey, replica jersey with, the Mar- right. yeah, with the Maryland. I had an absolute just brain, brain uh, meltdown. Yeah. You've, you've had a long day. You've had a, yeah. sorry. Um, I'm talking about Maryland basketball for the day. Um, we're up with the jersey. Okay. Um, let's see here. These are all, by the way, those are three tremendous picks by, or four tremendous picks in a row by you guys. All were on my board. Um, as in, not even as, I'm not even a Hawaiian shirt guy. I would not wear the Hawaiian shirt, but it just seems like the, it's an item. Describe, it's an item. I mean, it is a desired item. Um, oh, man. I'm gonna take one that I saw on the um, that I saw on the uh, list, the 2021 list, and I'm gonna take the uh, the canvas beverage holder. <laughs> I just think that that thing looked like fire. I don't know if they've been giving that out in the past, but I'm gonna show up for that. I'm gonna show up for the canvas. Be- we might have a wedding that weekend. I'm gonna show up for that canvas. Somebody's <laughs> gonna show up for that canvas beverage holder for me that weekend. I'm, I'm taking that thing. That thing is really cool looking. And I'm just putting it on my team, even though I've never gotten one myself. And then, oh man. I never did this, but I was always intrigued by the things that they gave you as a member of the, uh, a member of the Orioles kids club or dugout club or kids dugout dugout club. club. Oh, that's, that's Brian's. That gonna, is his baby. I'm gonna, Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna take the dugout club promotion. Just are you still a, in it, Brian? I I am no longer in the dugout <laughs> oh, club, but no. um, I was the Iron Man of the dugout club. I was in the dugout club for more years than the age limit. You were the Andy Reid punt team. pass and kick competition picture. I I was in it as recently as two years ago. I'm a 20, I was a 27 year old man at the time. In yeah, the you're the Andy Reid picture. You're standing in line. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap tickets, man. I mean, and then, oh man, uh, when I got them most recently, they started for the first time ever. Like when I'd go to the, to the window with my voucher 
and they would ask me like, Hey, where's your son? Where's your kid? And I was like, my ex, my bitch of an ex-wife is dropping him off any minute now. You want to ask any more questions? Yeah. And they just give me the ticket when I said that. <laughs> That's tremendous. I love that. I love that. That was, uh, that was both. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am going to take dollar dog night. I don't know that there's, uh, I don't even know if they still are doing this or I don't think, do I think they did them on Tuesdays. Maybe let me tell yes. you what they do it yeah, at Maryland baseball games once a year. And it's awesome. It's it's, I mean, I'm pretty confident they they'd still do. I didn't take it. They may not bring it back yet it. this year, but if that's they, it's one that, that they they'll mix in once they, yeah. the year's kind of up and up and rolling, but dollar dog night there when, when hot dogs are $1, and 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 of course the size of the hot dog is, is 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 much lesser than your your typical jumbo dog. But when hot dogs are one dollar, there is no limit to how many hot dogs you can suddenly eat. There's no limit. No, you, to you can eat like forty. It's, you it's so true. many. And it's honestly, like, so true. I, I it, it's been high time for a long time for me to try to knock down a nine 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 challenge, and I might have to do that on a dollar dog night for the content here. I would love to try. I, yeah, I would. I don't know if love is the right word. I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm sure your wife will love it. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a fun ride home. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I am going to go. I'm going to go good old firework night. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a classic. It's a good, like talking with a girl, take her on a date or whatever. Oh, let's go Friday night. Oh, let's go, you know, over here. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll see the fireworks after the game. Did your previously discussed uh, wife? Did you no, she doesn't listen to this, so she's not going to hear this. No, did, she go to a, did you guys go to a firework night together? Um, we not may that have you're gone. taking other girls on the dates on fireworks. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. We may, <laughs> we may have gone to a game. I think we did go to a game, and it was fireworks night. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's always a nice fireworks are. It's always a Friday night in the city. It's not too bad. Um, what an admission uh, that she doesn't listen, by the way. Yeah. She still doesn't listen to the Gary one, and she said she loved Gary, so I'm still waiting on that. I just ask her questions every day. I'm like, what do you think about when, when we ask Gary that? And she's like, oh, I didn't listen yet. And I'm like, oh, okay. Love it. Remember that. <laughs> um, uh, my, my fourth one, this is a very specific one. They gave these out 2014 against the Cardinals. These these straw cowboy hats. They probably gave away 30,000. Wild Bill Hagees. Yeah, yeah, the Wild Bill Hagees. And and it was it was a day game against the Cardinals. I was sitting in center field with my buddy. There must have been 35,000 cowboy hats. We in the probably stand. met up that game. We may have. They I remember uh can't um fucking what is uh Caleb Joseph hit a home run in like his like seventh straight game after Weeders got Tommy John. And that. it was like he gave up um, – uh, who was it? John Lackey pitched for the Cardinals. Gave that up that game might have been on national TV. It may have – it's something like that. Sounds right. Because it was – From my memory, yeah. And the Because the Orioles, it was like, I don't know, maybe June. So they were good, and they were, they were just getting rolling. But, like, Caleb Joseph hit a home run that scraped the wall and went over. And Lackey threw like a fit, and he had all these post game comments. <laughs> oh yeah, about the size of the stadium. Yeah. And, oh and like, my, what a baby! And we were just—I think they, they won that game big. The Orioles did, but like again, just walking down Utah Street and seeing thousands of cowboy hats was awesome. It was so and like I don't wear it, 
my daughter runs around wearing it. Um, Mine's all just, bent out of shape. I'm yeah, broken about it. Mine's been hung up for a while, but she just started noticing it. So she has it down. But yeah, that, that was, again, that was just like a vivid memory I had of being, being on Utah street for that one. So I'll give me the, uh, give me the cowboy hat. That's a good one. Yeah. I think we're starting to, to run a little thin from there on forward, unless you guys have some pretty good picks got, up I your got, sleeve. I got two picks that I'm going to, I'm going to go with a nice little uh, early summer pick that they, they tend to throw in there. I'm going to go with the beach towel. Oh, mm-hmm. the beach towels tend to be fire. I've got one right here over to my left. Um, they, the designs are always fantastic. It kind of goes hand in hand with the wine shirt. Um, and they switch up the designs every year too. They're a little thin, but that's okay. Like if, if it, the, it gets a little ragged, then next thing you know, you've got yourself a good, good, some, a good rag. <laughs> it's, really. it, they're, they're like the windbreaker of, of towels. Yes. Like it's, that's fine. Yeah, I, I remember getting one and taking it to the beach and like laying it out being like, this is like tissue paper, but it looks pretty <laughs> cool. I'm going to, okay. With my pick, I'm going to take one that's constant and one that's specific. They gave out for the anniversary of Camden Yards a couple of years ago, those replica Camden Yards stadiums that sits on my desk right now. Oh. It's sweet. That thing is sweet. That's uh, a great pick. I've got yeah. one in my kitchen. Um, yeah. And it's like a great four. desk item. It sits next to all. So one of the things we do at Maryland, our staff, you know, kind of nerdy here, when we go to like places and there's little like turtles we find in gift shops, everybody buys a turtle for everybody. So I got like six freaking little tur- toy turtles sitting on my desk. Right next, a couple of them sit right in Camden Yards, um, right on my desk there. So it's the perfect um, size my, to hold one of my girls' day shot glasses. That's such well. a good pick. Um, shout out to girls' day. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the people that know will know. Um, my grandfather had like a nicer original, like, from like like 20 years ago of Camden Yards. And I remember I snapped the oh, scoreboard no. and like, it was a whole to do. And oh. I, I think we glued it and I think it was fine, but those things are like 200. They're like Danbury mints or something. Oh like yeah. They're so nice. Those. Yeah. My last pick is going to be a classic that I don't think I ever did as a kid, but I think, you know, really brings kids into the, you know, as close as you can get to being uh, one of your heroes. And that's kids running the bases. I, I always loved watching the kids at Maryland games. Some of this is based on what we did at Maryland baseball games because I worked a million of those. Like, those kids look so happy running around those bases. Like, <laughs> we're on the field. We're all, you know, the you know, the big guys just played. I think that's pretty cool. So, I'm taking kids running bases. That was on my board. It is a brutal line sometimes when you're walking, well, when you're leaving the, the stadium. And as, you a see the the club, as a member of the dugout club, I'm sure you're well familiar with the line. I, 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 I ran many a bases. <laughs> At a certain point, though, they stopped having it be even first to home. They just turned it into first to third, so that they could just dump you out on the third baseline. They like they yeah they like mark off home plate because they don't want you to. Frederick Keys will let you run all three hundred sixty feet. So (laughs) Maryland baseball will let you run around the bases four hundred times if you want. So if you want to run the if you want to run a turf bases. Go to Bob Turtlesmith Stadium when they let people back in. No, we'll let you. Our marketing people let you run around all day while we're doing <laughs> on the side. My favorite call from that I've ever heard on 105.7 was like four summers ago. It was like 100 degrees in the middle of July, and they canceled the kids' run, the thing, um, the, the bases. And they, they canceled it because they were like, oh, it's 100 degrees outside. 
we're not going to have these kids out there. And this guy called in and he was like, my kid, we waited at that game for four hours so my kid could run the bases and they canceled it last minute and blah, blah, blah. And like, they ought to be ashamed of their cells. And they were like, you're really calling to complain about this. And the guy, the guy was like, livid. He was so mad. He was, I've never heard anyone <laughs> that upset about it. And they were like, well, yeah, you know, the first thing that happens when your kid drops down because of heat stroke is you're going to sue the Orioles and you're going to say, I can't believe you let my kid run on the field. So I've, I, that's, that's always my big takeaway from the, uh, the kids run the bases. Mm. Mm. Banks and then RDT to finish it. All right. I'm in a little bit of a, uh-oh. I'm, I'm, I'm between a few that are like, I see on even footing. Um, I mean, just go with an old fashioned t-shirt night. I'm going to take that. Sure. I mean, we didn't really take that. Um, they do a series of t-shirts throughout the year. Um, there's, there's been some sweet t-shirts mm-hmm. and there's been some pretty crummy ones too, but we don't got to talk about those. So, and good, good, uh, good texture on those shirts, by the way. Those things Soft last and a long time. Yeah. yeah, and if it's a shirt, if it's a jersey, you can get some, you can get a good run out of it. The best are like the Vlad Guerrero, the Jason Birkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the pop really popular one was um, oh my god, this has now just totally left my mind. RDT, go ahead and pick. I'm gonna as as this as I as you go, I'm gonna think about that. It. That no, Brian, that's a good pick. I'm going again. This is a pretty specific item. I'm going the Buck Snowwalter Snow Globe. That they gave out for the like halfway to Christmas uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, it's just it's classic. Buck has has got his one his one leg up on the dugout or on the dugout steps, and it's a it's a, it's a nice little snow globe. I don't have many snow snow globes, but it's uh it's the one that I that I have out on uh, display. I got it. My brother wears it a lot. The it was the uh, Hunsu Kim. <laughs> his name yes a, oh i had that lettering. yeah that's a fire t-shirt fire t-shirt my yeah. my brother my brother that's like a that's <laughs> like on the mount rushmore my um uh cut the grass shirt <laughs> i um there's definitely another buck promotion i can't think of it's driving me nuts they had the garden gnome maybe it was the garden that was pretty gnome. good People the garden went was pretty nuts good. for the garden gnome they beat uh the that indians might, on might thursday be- night sunday night baseball Travis yeah, the, the 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 garden of that's probably a snub in this draft. Yeah. Uh, okay, I took and it's so funny you could have just done individual bobbleheads. I, I literally had fifteen of them. I would have gotten had Melvin Moore and Brian Roberts, uh, Old Bay. You know, it's funny. I, I have yeah. this. Is, this thing is pretty sweet. I don't know why I didn't pick this. Is horrible radio. I just took something off the. But this was a giveaway. This clock. That was clock. a giveaway. Wow. Yeah, pretty sweet. Like clock. fifteen and under though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Probably like stole from a kid or something. Um, I didn't steal it from my kid. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, bobbleheads. So I took bobbleheads, uh, the canvas beverage holder, which by the way, overdraft city. What the hell was that? Dugout club. Um, <laughs> you could have got that in four. Rounds. I could have got, I could have, yeah, I could have gotten that at 85. Camden Yards replica, um, figurine, uh, and the kids were in the bases. Banks took student night. Uh, which I almost took number one overall, and was I thought that was number one. I didn't even. Yeah, put it on my board. I just, I just felt like if you had started then doing individual bobbleheads, I would have been, I would have been out of luck in this draft. Thanks to student night, Hawaiian shirts, dollar dog night, beach towel, and t-shirt night. That's a strong draft. RDT, you took floppy hat night, replica jersey night, uh, firework night, Bill Hagee hat, and the Buck Showalter 
um, promotion. You guys absolutely kicked my ass in this draft. My, my I draft. think I think my my draft is very complimentary. I mean, we're throwing a beach party. We're eating some dogs. <laughs> we're throwing yeah. throwing that Hawaiian shirt on. Do you um, have your full power rankings of those those bobbleheads? Do you want to just run the people down that real quick? I I deleted them, but I I could I mean I could <laughs> control. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's my favorite? Yeah, I got a lot of. Uh, oh, here oh, we go. Boy. Yeah, let me. Did I just teach you Control Z? By the yeah, way, I had no idea what Control Z was. I had <laughs> Melvin Moore, <laughs> Brian Roberts, handshake bobblehead, the Adam Jones blowing the bubble bobblehead, Manny Machado platinum glove bobblehead, the Brooks Robinson bobblehead, the the Trey Mancini um, Star Wars one. I'm not even a Star Wars fan, and I have it. The the Darren O'Day Star Wars one. I have a WWE Bird Wrestling one. I've I've got them all. I've the WWE Bird Wrestling one. How much oh, do you yeah. want for that? I bought it twenty bucks in the store. I'll, you know, we, we can make a deal. All right, we can talk. We can talk offline. We'll talk offline. Uh, as long as you remember how to use Control Z, that's one of the wildest things I've heard today. I've yeah. never heard that I'm in my just life. Plays right over that. You, do you know any any shortcut? I'm not an Excel guy. You know that. Excel guy. Anything. Is that an Excel? Uh, what, do you know any quick keys on your computer? No. Are Control you a, C to copy Mac or? pc oh no no yeah no control c control x i don't i know those no i'm a mac i'm a mac he's an expert now yeah i'm a mac <laughs> i've been control c for years command c obviously for yeah that too i don't know what button i control hit. v you know a little paste on there a little paste on there yeah yeah that i know nothing that was talking uh quick <laughs> yeah that was that was that was a we'll we'll be uh, drafting our stunning top revelation well, yeah that really was we'll be drafting our top 15 quick keys um next week on the X-52 <laughs> podcast, which I'm sure will be very entertaining. I'll tell you what, going through this when we were, you know, preparing, it makes you very excited to go back and watch baseball games. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not even like it goes to 20 or 30 baseball games. I'm probably like it goes to five or six, but it's like, oh, it's so fun. I'll probably go to more. I was going to go to so many last year now that I'm, you know, so close. I felt very confident that Dollar Dog Night was going to fall to me in a spot that I would take it. And so I was just thinking about hot dogs the entire time I was preparing for this draft. Mm. Yeah, we'll have it again. Yep. We'll have it again. Opening day uh, coming up very, very, very soon. Uh, Maryland person of the week. Banks, you said you had three, so I'll go to you. Um, what am I going to go with first here? What am I going to oh, – I mean, I've got like – I am going to give it to just brackets in general. Uh, yeah, just brackets. The, the tournament delivered – more upsets than any year before, which I, it didn't feel like it was that many, maybe because it wasn't, you know, the, uh, there were no like crazy buzzer beaters, except for that first game, Virginia tech hit that three to tie it, which was wild. But, um, I was going to say there were no actual like legitimate buzzer beaters yet. Right. Right. Yeah. But, Abilene Christians was like the, the free throws essentially at the buzzer mm-hmm. with like 1.8 to go, but yeah. Yeah. Texted at the three to put them ahead. That was pretty dramatic at the end. Yeah, so brackets, I mean, nothing better in sports really than just the barrage of basketball games. And then we get we get a, a golf bracket here this weekend for the WG match play, which is a lovely uh, lovely way to kind of wean yourself off the brackets, but actually just dive right back in. So was that a was that like a nod to me too for brackets? Because I'm in the championship of that Orioles Twitter bracket. Oh no. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I thought that was a nice little lead up. No, but destroyed yeah, Jim Palmer yesterday. Did I just tee up right there? You could have, but Jim Palmer self promotion on Twitter wasn't up to snuff, huh? I didn't. I didn't even have to reach out for any retweets or anything. That was it. 
that was a I was that was basically another playing game for me. So big a big championship matchup. Uh, I think by the time you're listening to this, RET. Um, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Wow. Um, my my oh, my Maryland men of the week. And this is kind of just like hoping for the future that one of them is eventually a Maryland man of the week, even though I doubt it, are the Vandy boys. I know you guys will appreciate this. The, mm-hmm. the, the Kumar Rocker, Jake, uh, or, yeah. um, Jack Leiter. That's just, a developing situation in college the, baseball. Yeah. The Friday and Saturday just massacre. of it's disgusting. Of, I, why even put a team out on Friday or Saturday? It's, it's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be double-digit Ks both days. And the only thing I didn't like, well, I, I liked it, I guess, was – the fact that they showed Kumar Rocker on the bench on Saturday and he couldn't drink out of a straw. So I wouldn't draft him top four if I had a, a pick in that, in, in that, you know, that range, I would let him drop. And like I said, hopefully one of those guys, I don't think there's any chance either of them do um, drop out of the top five. And that'd be a money top thing. Four. Someone fa- falls in love with some high schoolers or something. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, that's, just... uh, that's the R Kelly, but never mind. Um, oh boy, no, no, no! <laughs> you said fell, fall in love with high school. As I had to do it, um, <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Man, there we go. Oh, um, they're yeah. just they're just so much fun to watch, and they are the number one team in the country. D one baseball has in you know a number one, uh, probably the most reputable site out there. Because there's like five places that rank college baseball teams they're 15 and three the sec is unbelievable the top five teams are all from the sec vanderbilt arkansas mississippi state old miss and florida they're all playing a lot of conference games so that would make sense but that is just that's just ridiculous i mean uh it's just an incredible pitching staff and this is a team here's the hoping one of them listen these are the numbers and i know we don't need to delve too much into college baseball jack Leiter. Five and zero in five starts. He's throwing twenty nine innings. He's got a .31 ERA. He's struck out forty nine to eleven walks, and the batting average against is .076. Pretty good. Uh, Rocker right behind him. Saturday starter, right? We, we get something off a of Saturday starter. He's pitched thirty one innings. He's five and zero, five starts. .058 ERA, forty eight Ks, ten walks, .109 batting average against. Gross. Gross stuff right there. And Lighter walked the first guy of that game, that no hitter he threw. It could have been, it arguably could have been strike three. There may never, there may never, there may go one two in the draft. There may never be a better one two in the history. That's what I, when I blogged it, someone asked, who's the best, who is there a better one two? And someone said Bauer and Cole. And I was like, I don't, I, I can't remember their their numbers i don't think they were this dominant i don't know their numbers but they were damn good matt harvey and uh andrew no and no andrew miller i think same time really they're they're hitting 305 as a team and pitching to a 246 their opponents against them are batting 171 and pitching to a 7.61 era (laughs) i think that is that's just stupid that is just stupid they're i mean they're slashing 305, 420, 533 as a team. I, <laughs> I mean, that is a lot against really good teams every week. That's like lighter is no hitter. That was his first start against an SEC team. Like it's, I said, it's not like he's playing Grand Canyon State. Like, uh, like South what, Carolina what was like about the antelopes. Well, no, I know, but you know, they're no, they're no South. No, Carolina. no, sure, no, no. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just a if you sorry grand canyon state if you're listening to this i do it yeah if anybody from from grand canyon is uh has got the pot on uh i don't this i don't think this treads on yours black although you sort of mentioned it in your brackets talk thursday or what normally is thursday friday this year is friday saturday in the ncaa tournament you could argue they're the best two sports days of the year i i and the fact that we got them back this year, they are my they are my things of the week. It was just so great when that thing started again at twelve ten. I, I it was just such a invigorating, exhilarating moment to hear the music and to get it back. And you just the basketball just doesn't stop. I mean, we were sitting there together on Friday night, Banks, and it's just like game after game after game after game after game. Perfect, perfect timing to get your COVID shot, which is what I did on Friday. So, uh, so. first dose, second dose, second dose. There we go. April so that, 6th, I got mine. mine. Very similar to Banks, but it's just, it, it, it has to be said again. Any honorable mentions? Uh, I have John Denver on here. John Denver, that commercial. Uh, obviously, you're on a bit of a high watching all this college basketball. And then when they throw, thank God I'm a country boy on every other commercial break and you just start feeling the vibes like it just just made me feel real good i was just real excited about the idea of camden yards which i feel like we're doing every week now we're just talking about how great camden yards is which rightfully so um and then in my note here i said uh west virginia lost so tax miles weeps somewhere um i also have um Another commercial related one, believe it or not. Um, Scoop, there it is. Oh, have you, you, like have you seen that? Have you seen that? Scoop, there it is. Um, maybe four or five week running, honorable mention <laughs> for me. But what's a longer running? Um, um, what is it, Red Lights or, or what's the song? What's the Olivia Rodrigo song or Scoop, there it is? Oh, driver's license? Yeah, driver's license. What did I call it? Red lights? Hey, it's late. No control Z, red lights. Take a lap, RDT. Come on. <laughs> and then uh, I I have a late addition to my honorable mention list. And it's going to be Philadelphia. Um, lifelong Eagles fan here. Shout out Joe Flacco. How long did you play varsity? Pardon? You played varsity? Two years. <laughs> Ready to roll, ready to roll. The the uh, driver's license is no longer number one on the charts, by the way. Just to get you guys. Know. Yeah, it's because Scoop There It Is is probably number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up by Cardi B. I, I, Scoop There It Is, I'm not seeing on the chart right now. But maybe they should release that song. I'm not really sure what they're waiting for. They, you you got to, I mean, if I'm if I'm tag team, we're recording a full version of Scoop There It Is, and we're putting that we're putting that out. Shirts hats yes we do, we're getting back in that the is zone, one of the most game. that's the most universally beloved commercial i can remember for a long time that thing comes on i think it's every, the goat every it's, everybody likes it it's up like, there with the banks you just hang out with banks and just every once in a while just go french vanilla rocky road he just can't even get it out of his head i yeah I, it's I, not even a shtick like i'm yeah. seriously like just sitting sitting anywhere i'm just like driving my car and i'm just like chocolate peanut butter cookie dough yeah it's, it's just, hard not to it's hard not to i started to work in some more sprinkles more recently i don't know why i just it, it hadn't hit me yet but i'm working the sprinkles in mm. so and eventually i'm gonna get the dance going so look out for that on a, on a kickball field this this spring Ooh, yeah kickball kickball is gonna be in this segment coming up here 
very, very soon as we head towards the, the return of kickball season. Um, not a ton. Tr- I, 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 we really talked about Maryland. I kind of gave my spiel about all those guys that I, that I respect on that squad. Um, they are all kind of included in my, in my Maryland people of the week um, as representatives uh, of the Terps. So I will, I will leave them at that. Um, but yeah, March Madness, March Madness has just been unbelievable to have back. Um, and that's really, that is really the end of the show. Unless you guys have anything to say about March Madness other than the Terps. I think it's, I, I mean, it's been a tremendous tournament. Um, and one of my biggest takeaways is watching Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley. They could talk about anything. They don't have any idea who's on any of these teams, <laughs> but they are unbelievably entertaining in the studio. And these games have been tremendous credit to the kids for getting out there and just absolutely balling. I mean, it's been really, really fun. So the best was the first night and they went back to the studio and they were like, all right, we're Kenny. They said something to Kenny or, and, and Chuck. And they were like, all right, now the other game doesn't start until nine 30. And they and Kenny goes, we, we got to wait. And Chuck's like, what do you mean? 90 minutes in between games. And they're like, and Ernie's like, yeah, they, or whoever it was, was like, yeah, they got to sanitize the full court before the next game can start. Like you, you, it's not like the old times, Chuck. And the look on his face when he realized like, holy shit, there's 90 minutes until another, like that game starts there. He goes, we got to talk about one game for 90 minutes. We can't do that. Like he's that was his realization. Like, Oh my God. Kenny Smith calling. He, he called Daryl Morsell, Daryl Morsell called Dante Scott, Dante Scott and called Eric Ayala, Eric Ayali in the same segment still got his point across and I was still entertained, even though he misstepped three of the guys on my favorite team in the school that I work for. Well, and Andy Katz is sitting right there. Well, then Andy Katz, they sent to Andy Katz. Andy Katz, you know, does his Andy Katz thing. It's just, it's just a very fun. I said this the other night, somebody's got to have a conversation with Andy Katz about his hair. Ooh. Something's got to be done there. You, you, you say he's got to come home as Chuck would say. Uh, some people would say that at least clean it up. Just clean it up, Andy. Come on. Mm. I wonder if Chuck's gotten to him during the, when Chuck starts telling people to come home on the hair. Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Have I, we've talked about this on this pod, maybe this come home video with, with Chuck. God, I love yeah. that video. With <laughs> him and LeBron. That video is so funny. Um, yeah. T- great tournament. Happy to have March Madness back. Wish the Terps were still in it, but we will we will continue on. Uh, that's enough for this week's edition of the X52 podcast. Um, appreciate you all for listening. Make sure, no matter the platform you listen on, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, any word of mouth, any of that stuff helps uh, the podcast grow. Once again, thank you to Jimmy Seafood for their sponsorship of the pod. Really appreciate all they do for us and with their famous fun, all they do for the city of Baltimore. We will – ooh. Follow us on all of our social media channels. X52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I almost forgot. At Barstool Banks on Twitter. At E-D-I-T-T-I-22 to follow RDT. You can follow me at Taylor Smythe 10 And now we will see you next time on the X52 Podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.
I've got.